This podcast was recorded on Gadigal land. So before we start today, I'd really like to acknowledge and pay my respects to the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, to all elders past and present. This land always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hello, welcome to Careful. This podcast is where I, Rose Kerr, chat to someone who's just super passionate about something. But it's so much more than that because I want to know why they care and how they put their thoughts into real action. This week, I chatted to someone who has the most infectious enthusiasm for science. Her name is Kirsten Banks. You might know her from TikTok where she's absolutely killing it. She's got over 330,000 followers. Now, whether you're a science nerd like us or not, I guarantee this conversation will make you feel excited about space. My name is Kirsten Banks. I'm an astrophysicist and science communicator. I guess you could call me a doctor of TikTokery, which I have in my Twitter bio. Because <laughs> someone suggested it one day. I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. So let's put it in. And I research in galactic archaeology and astroseismology. In this crazy world, what do you care most about? There are many things that I care about. But I think the biggest thing that I care about the most would be making education accessible to everyone who wants to learn new things, whether you're a little kid just starting primary school or a person in an elderly home who just wants to learn more about whatever, whether it be space, which is my expertise, or anything, because I want to be able to learn every single day for the rest of my life. And I want to be able to make other people and allow other people to do that as well. Oh, what a lovely thing. I love that. And the idea of obviously sharing something you're passionate with should build an army of people who are also passionate about it. Absolutely. (laughs) Do you remember the first time you were like, I care about this shit? Like, I care more than the average person. In terms of education, I think it was when I started doing uh, science communication and public outreach events, when I realized hold on, my common knowledge and what I believe is common knowledge is not the same as everyone else's common knowledge. And a lot of what I had seen with people who are not so great with compassion and in their education is when someone asks a quote-unquote stupid question, these people that, that ask these questions get absolutely ridiculed by these people. And it's just just so unnecessarily mean because having a question is an opportunity to learn something. You've been very, I mean, I say fortunate, but also you've worked very hard at it to get quite a large audience on TikTok. How does it feel when you make videos to have that experience to know that there's people watching who are getting to learn something new? Oh, I'm still gobsmacked that I have so many friends on TikTok now. (laughs) There's all these people who enjoy my content and want to learn more about space in the universe and science in general. Is it weird operating in a space, doing something that's, you know, educational, but also has like dancing and weird trends on it? Yes. Yes, to say the least. So when I joined TikTok in early 2020, during the time when COVID was coming out and we were sent home and we couldn't really do anything anymore, I was looking through TikTok and I saw, yeah, there's a there's a lot of dancing here. Cool. Very entertaining. There's a lot of lip syncing here. Cool. Very entertaining. But there's no 
educational or science or space content. I'm like, I'm going to make that space. I'm going to make it and start showing people what they didn't know they needed in their lives. And now almost just over a year later, clearly people enjoy seeing this and hearing this. And it took a lot of practice because, you know, a lot of people have very entertaining content online on TikTok, especially And not everyone wants to sit down and digest these big pieces of information, even if they're in less than 60 seconds. It's it's a lot of brain power to use to understand what's going on sometimes. But it's been a good challenge. And I've really enjoyed challenging myself to really innovate the way that I do science communication on this public platform. Do you have anyone that you looked up to when you were starting to be on this journey of wanting to educate other people? In my general journey of wanting to be a science communicator, I've always looked up to people like uh, Astro Katie, Katie Mack on Twitter, fantastic person, wonderful person as well. I've come to know her as a bit more of a, a friend oh, that's so as well, cool. which is really cool. Um, Brian Cox is also one of my big, big heroes in terms of science communication. I manage, I still have to pinch myself when I think about this, but I was on live television with him once, which is insane. Oh, that is mind blowing. It is absolutely mind blowing. I even got science dad joked by him (laughs) on live national television um i said how cool is universe and he said well actually about 2.7 kelvin like brian (laughs) (laughs) okay dad Mm -hmm. so i've had that experience but yes so i've had these people to look up to but when i went onto tiktok there wasn't that space and so i kind of had to uh guess try things but also use my knowledge of communication and Twitter actually kind of helped as well because with Twitter you're limited to this character limit true and so it's kind of like a bunch of tweets just in video format I like that Hmm. you talk about some technical things like some really complex stuff how did you get to be so full of knowledge what did you study how did it all go down so I studied a bachelor of science with a major in physics at the University of New South Wales I really enjoyed that. I, that was, it was a three-year program, but I decided to do it in three and a half years, take it a bit more of a leisurely pace because we're young, we have time. We don't have to do things the way it's expected, totally. quote-unquote, for you to do. So I did that, and then I actually took a semester off after finishing that program. So I finished in the, at the end of semester one, so I took semester two off before starting honours the following year. And oh, I think I must have done like 50 or 60 different public engagements, like going to schools, different public events, uh, podcasts and stuff through just in that six months. And boy, did I learn a lot and how to (laughs) communicate in that time. And then even well before TikTok as well. But then, yes, I went on to go do an honors year in astrophysics. Well, it was a physics honors, but my research was in astrophysics in how the biggest and brightest galaxies and galaxy clusters are cannibalistic. They're eating their neighbors but they're not eating them as fast as we thought. <gasps> That's so cool. Mm. So I learned a lot about that. And then I went in to start my PhD immediately afterwards. And now I'm a bit more focused still on galaxy evolution, but more focused on the Milky Way galaxy and its 13.1 billion year history, which is a lot to put into one little four-year thesis. Yeah. But we're going we're gonna to try. Do you ever find people within your research space know who you are? Is it getting to that point? 
Yep, it is. It is. It's very funny. I I still do not know. Like, you can hear it in my voice. I have no idea how to react to these things still. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just a PhD student. Yeah. But I guess I have a few followers on TikTok and stuff. And uh, yeah, I, I went to um, Science Meets Parliament a couple of cool. weeks ago. And when I walked in the door, the first person who saw me, she's like, oh my goodness, it's Kirsten Banks. I'm like, oh, oh hello. <laughs> That's really cool. That's wild. <laughs> and it's just, it's... I never thought I'd be here. When I was in primary school, I hated public speaking. I was terrified. I would shake. I would sweat. and just would not want to be anywhere on the front stage or anything. Even when I was in maybe, I must have been year three, my school teacher made everyone try and like sing in front of the class. And I oh, sang in my, stu- my class teacher was like, you sing good. You're going in the choir. I'm like, okay. Oh my God. And because I was just a little tiny, tiny tot, I was put front and center in this big group. And we had this huge, huge concert once. And beforehand they had told us if anything goes wrong and you need to leave the stage, just do a little, little signal with your hand (laughs) and we can get off the stage. I didn't, I lasted one song. I'm like, I need to get off the stage. Please let me leave. But now I'm just doing things like this. I'm on national TV. What changed? I have no idea because I had this crazy idea that I was going to get a job at Sydney Observatory as a tour guide okay. where you are front and center every single <laughs> night. Cause that's a good idea. <laughs> but then I fell in love with talking about space mm. and the, the, even just looking at the moon through your window right now just gives me so much peace and clarity. Aww. I'm like, Oh, I love space and I want to talk about it. Mm. And when I started learning more about how to talk about space and how to understand how to talk to people, who don't necessarily know everything about space. I just fell in love. And I guess that's what changed. Also, lots of practice yeah. has made it a lot easier. What do you think it is about science communicators and maybe in your specific field that makes people want to do it so bad? Well, I think within astronomy and astrophysics, we have it very easy when it comes to science communication because all the stuff that we do is really freaking cool. (laughs) So it's like what I used to always say at the end of a tour at Sydney Observatory uh, when people were thanking me. It's like, oh, thank you very much, but uh, you can't help but thank my (laughs) co-stars. These stars, (laughs) of course. Because it's just so cool. Like we have really interesting stuff like black holes. Mm. You have galaxies that are much more massive than our own, uh, huge telescopes. Like there's, there's a lot of really good material that doesn't need a lot of spoofing on its own. That's true. It, it stands very well as it does as a standalone thing. Whereas for, I'll take chemistry as, as an example. And I speak from my own experience because I enjoyed chemistry, but I dropped it when I got into year 12 because mm-hmm. it just wasn't doing it for me anymore. But uh, so for those who are in science communication, when it comes to chemistry, they probably might have to work a little bit harder Mm. than those in astronomy, because in my perspective, it's harder to get excited about two mixtures going together to make a different color, which is very cool. I have to say (laughs) that's a bad example. That is actually very, very cool. Or making elephant toothpaste by putting two things together and it goes, woo. but yeah, like the moon. People do have an inherent, well, at least I think, and I'd be interested in your opinion. Do you think people have an inherent interest in the sky? What's up there? Oh, absolutely. Because it's so accessible. Just go outside, look up. 
right? It, it's there all the time. Otherwise, other than, you know, I mean, you do chemistry all the time in your kitchen when you bake a cake, but you don't really think of that as chemistry. You think of that as baking. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the astronomy is just so accessible because you just go outside and look up. Given that you do it off your own back, it's your mm-hmm. own brand, it's your own project. How do you get the motivation to keep doing what you're doing? The motivation goes up and down, definitely. There are some days where I'm like, oh, I don't feel good enough. That classic imposter syndrome comes in. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are other days where you just need to take a break. But there are some days where I'm like, yes, let's pump out 10 videos and get them all done because you just get in that groove sometimes. And then I think I have maybe at least 50 drafts. That's handy. On my TikTok. That's good. It's like ready to get recorded and then go and do things. Yeah, it's... It's good. It gets it, it's hard some days, but others a majority of those days it's just it just flows. It's kinda like any work or project then. It is. Yeah, absolutely. Down. Given that a PhD is already a massive time sink, mm-hmm. let's be real. It yes. is like your whole life. And mm. then you've also got this project and then I don't know when if it, this is something that everyone experiences, but I find being in the media space, it is just also a lot of brain, a brain power. So it that, is. Plus making your own stuff, plus doing a PhD. Are you ever just tired? All the time. <laughs> <laughs> All the time. I, I try to schedule my time into blocks. So it's like, okay, I'll go into uni today. I'll spend two hours on this project and then I'll take a break and do TikTok for half an hour, mm-hmm. which is funny thinking of it as a break. <laughs> but it, it's, it's a creative break yeah. in a way. Uh, and then I'll have lunch and then I'll do two more hours or something else and have another TikTok break. And, mm-hmm. you know, or, and, but sometimes the scheduling doesn't work out because sometimes just an idea pops into my head. I'm like, I have to do this now. <laughs> this, this needs, this little earworm is in here that needs to get out onto a video. Mm-hmm. And so I go and do it. It's, yeah, just find an old lecture theatre, do it in there. That's so good. And then pump it out later. <laughs> oh, that's so good. With all of that in mind, is there anything in your life that you're like, okay, if I had more time, I'd care about this one thing, but I just don't have the mental space for it? One thing that I would like to do more is to create longer form content, mm. like in YouTube sort of sense. It's also been backed by many people commenting saying, you should do longer stuff. You should do YouTube. I'm like, yes. But it's harder. It's, there's a lot. Not well, harder is the wrong right word. It is time intensive. Time intensive, absolutely. So that is something that I would like to really do to like make that longer. Because 60 seconds mm. is just not enough time sometimes. Uh, and you have to kind of like brush over a few little details. Like, for example, I made a an, uh, video the other week talking about the parsec, which is a unit of distance in astronomy, which you uh, works out to be 3.26 light years based on the geometry of our solar system, mm-hmm. how far away the Earth is from the sun. And basically, short version is... If you look at a close star, it appears to change position relative to distant stars because the Earth moves around the sun. Okay. And as it changes position around the sun. Uh, and when this relative position change uh, from when you see it on one, at one time of the year versus six months later, when that angle is one arc second, mm-hmm. then that distance to that star is 3.26 light years. Now, in this video, there wasn't enough time to explain what an arc second was. Oh, yeah. So I put it in the caption saying it's one three thousand six hundredths of a degree uh-huh. of arc. Uh, but there were some people who were like, 
you didn't explain this. What does it mean? <gasps> like, okay, we'll make another video. Yeah. And we'll explain it and, and show you what it means. But yeah, it's just some of these really small details that aren't necessarily needed can't really fit in. Yeah, and there's that the audience who want the more full description. Yes. That's the most, like, content creator answer. <laughs> what do you wish you could do more? Make more content. Absolutely. <laughs> science communication in particular, it's so often – or scientists in general, they love to make their science, like, a core part of their personality. Mm. Do you feel like you – your passion for science and your passion for space are, like – the biggest, most core part of who you are as a person. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Like even just dressed right now in not too much, just like jeans and a T-shirt, but I have a ring here that has stars on it. Uh, My watch has a Milky Way thing on its background. Mm -hmm. Like whenever I go to an event, there's always at least a starry uh, necklace or or earrings. I'm always on brand. Always, because it it is me as a person. Like, Mm -hmm. I have other interests as well. Like, I go rock climbing. uh, I love my step class (laughs) uh, and trashy TV. Love that. But, yes, me and astronomy is very much a big part of my life. And if I'm ever told to tone it down a little bit, I'm like, I am personally offended. Yeah. Please don't. (laughs) You are telling me to tone down me, and that's not okay. (laughs) In this podcast, we're obviously exploring what people care about and what drives them to care so much that they, you know, put it into action because so many of us care about topics and either don't have the time or maybe don't realize how to put things into action. What do you think there is about a person that will make them more likely to act on what they care about? This is a totally hypothetical question very philosophical as well what makes someone want to take action i think it's an itch that needs to be scratched oh good description it's very much the description that i felt when covid locked down sydney and i couldn't go to schools and i couldn't go do my usual stuff i was like i need to talk about space somehow how am i going to do this so it's there is so much built it's like a boil mm. and a bubbling inside of you it's like it, it's this it needs to come out I, I need to act on this mm-hmm. I think it I want to say it depends on the personality as well but yeah. it just is a little bit that but it is really at its essence if you are really this passionate about something you don't want to sit down yeah like you can't rest yeah um, in fact, I'm starting to quote my favorite song right now. Every single waking moment of your day is dedicated to moving forward. Oh, perfect. <laughs> to, to achieve your goals and dreams. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Careful. And Kirsten, if you're listening, a special thank you to you for sharing your amazing love of space with us. You can find Kirsten on socials. She's at Astro Kirsten. Now, this podcast is well and truly only just starting out. So if you'd like to support me and this podcast, please share it with a friend. Send them the link. Let them know you enjoy it. You can also leave a five-star review, leave a little positive note on whatever your podcast app of choice is. I really, really appreciate it. Thirdly, you can follow me on Instagram at rosie.zkerr. And if you slide into my DMs, you can let me know who you want to hear from next on the podcast. Recommend a friend, an idol, someone you look up to. Oh, you could even recommend yourself. Just shoot me a message. I'll be back in two weeks time for the next edition of Careful. Talk to you then.